Every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Well, I'm not a crook. We had to push and shove our way through a crowd of several hundred Vietnamese. My fellow Americans, I've said on several occasions that I wouldn't comment about the recent congressional hearings on the Iran-Contra matter. Skies over Baghdad have been illuminated. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Immediately there's speculation or cause for concern. This is the World Trade Center that was the center of a terrorist bombing. What difference at this point does it make? Protesters have now broken into the U.S. Capitol. This is Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network with your host Booker Scott and Lou Basada. In the wake of the Covenant Church shooting in Nashville, I want to spend this hour talking about America's greatest resource, our kids. This once great country could offer hopes and dreams for all children. When I was growing up, I remember wanting to be a fireman, a garbage man, at really any job that required me to stand on the outside of a truck while it was moving was perfect for me. I also wanted to be a lawyer, an architect, a preacher. I wanted to do a lot of things. And when I grew up, all of those things were possible for me because we didn't have mass school shootings in the 70s and the early 80s. I was thinking this week, Columbine seniors are now about 45, 46 years old. They never had opportunities. Some Sandy Hook kids would now be 18, 19. They'd be in college or they would be working. They would be contributing to our society and they would continue to be going after those dreams. In Uvalde, Texas, 77 minutes, the cops waited as the children were being shot inside. All of this has to stop. These deaths shouldn't be in vain, and the political firestorm that follows every one of these shootings, it only diminishes the names of the victims every time, and that has to stop also. The 118th Congress recently passed H.R. 5, and some call it the Parents' Bill of Rights. Will these bills even become law? And really, why do we need such basic laws to provide protections and safety for our children and transparency from our government? We'll get into that this hour, and we'll also get into some real solutions for right now for our schools to protect our kids. And we'll check on the pulse of the people. How do you think? How are you feeling about all of this? I want to hear from you, and we will when we do a pulse of the people. I'm Booker Scott, and thanks for joining me on the America Out Loud radio network or wherever you listen to your podcast. This hour is brought to you by 4Patriots.com. Use the promo code OUTLOUD for a 10% discount on anything in their store at 4Patriots.com. I want to stay here with the Covenant Church shooting for just a minute. That church is less than three miles where I grew up until I was about in the fifth grade. And I know that area well. Nashville is my home. It's where I grew up and lived most of my life. And the Metro Nashville Police did just an incredible job protecting kids. They saved lives. They moved swiftly, ran into trouble, and they saved lives. They did a great job. But you know what? The vast majority of police in this country, they would do the same thing to protect you. And I thank them for that. Think about that. Every day when a policeman goes to work, They must face a situation like that. They know it's possible. We're lucky to have brave women and men to put on the uniform every day. I'm grateful for them, and I know you are too. We should definitely fund the police. Defunding the police, that was the dumbest idea in the history of ideas. Think about that. Now, let's move on to the Parental Bill of Rights. 
It isn't really a bill of rights, but it is a bill that just passed H.R. 5. And what exactly does it do? H.R. 5 is about one simple and fundamental principle. Parents should always have a seat at the table when it comes to their child's education. We believe that learning is a partnership between a family and their child's teachers. This bill is the vehicle by which we can put parents and educators together at the same table to have a productive dialogue. And it sounds like a very easy, common sense bill that everybody in America should be for, right? We want to protect our children. And as I mentioned, there were five Republicans that voted against this bill that did pass in the Congress and is on to the Senate. And then maybe it will go to Joe Biden's desk. Interesting, though, that such a simple, simple law has to be created to protect our children and transparency in government. You have to remember back a couple of years ago to understand why all of this is important. If you remember back to June of 21, there were several fathers arrested at school board meetings. It happened in Virginia, the northern part of Virginia, Loudoun County. There was also a case in Prince William County in Virginia. And as a result of that, Governor Glenn Youngkin was elected in Virginia because the groundswell of what was happening in Virginia with parents not being allowed to be a part of their child's education and know what was going on. Just to remind you what happened, there was a boy with a skirt on in a school in Virginia that sexually assaulted a girl in a same-sex bathroom. That child, that boy, was moved from one school to another. What happened in the first school was covered up. No one was alerted to what happened in the new school that he went to. And guess what happened? What we thought would happen in a situation like that. Another girl was sexually assaulted. That girl's father then goes to the the school board meeting and we know what happened. We saw the video. He was arrested and thrown down. A year later, though, Scott Smith is a gentleman's name. He comes back to the same school board to ask more questions. This indoctrination of our children's got to stop. The sexualization of our children has got to stop. You guys need to teach our children how to read, write, think, build things, be better people, better citizens, respect our country, respect their parents. Parents in different places all across the country were going to school boards to demonstrate, to have their voice heard, to protest the things that they were finding out about what their school, their teachers, their guidance counselors, what their librarians had in the library. When parents found out about this, probably because COVID was here and we were with our children for two years, a lot of us were, so we found out a lot about our schools and what we found out we didn't like. So when parents spoke up, they spoke up all over about this. This is why she did that. This is why she did that. To make sure that when our students want to know whether or not they have a vagina or a penis, they have pictures from your staff to be able to help them. They don't have enough sex. They don't have enough anal sex. They need adults to tell them how to masturbate. And what I call that is just... So here's what I'm asking you. You have a hard time hearing this from me, but this is for for 10 years old and up, and this bill was passed for five-year-olds. 
and you have a hard time me sitting here telling you the words anal sex, masturbation. That's hard for you or the time's up? Because the time's not really up. I don't believe you, Mr. Wiley, that my time is up. I just played a couple of examples for you there so that you remember what happened a couple of years ago in those school board meetings. As a result of that, everybody got active. A lot of people got active locally in their school boards and at their schools, which is a good thing always. But what they found out, they were being pushed back against by the administration in school boards across the country. So to the rescue, our elected representatives go to work and present a bill, and that bill is this H.R. 5. Here is Representative Bob Good from Virginia. And this is a bill that's been in the works, as you know, for probably about a year and a half now. I served on the Education and uh, Workforce Committee last term as well as this term. And this is just giving parents just some basic, protecting some basic rights of parents to have a say, to have input into their children's education and to protect it from an intrusive federal government and uh, education system. And you're hearing some of the spin from the Republicans. They're putting forth what they believe this bill is. In a few minutes, I'm going to let you hear some Democrats and what they are saying and why they voted against H.R. 5. And they weren't alone. Five Republicans also voted against this. I mean, basically what we believe and what we're pushing with this bill is that parents have a right to know what their children are being taught. I mean, parents have a right to protect their children's privacy. Parents have a right to keep their kids safe, have a right to be heard before the school board and the teachers. And, and they have a right to understand what's in the school budget and, and what's being spent. And, and that's really what we're talking about with this Parental Bill of Rights. We, we saw earlier uh, last year where the Department of Justice, the Biden Department of Justice, working with the teachers union, went out and started calling parents domestic terrorists just because they asked questions at the school board meetings. And, and that's not right. I mean, this, the schools are supposed to be to help educate the children. And, that, and that's the whole public mission of what a school is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be some, some private control, uh, government control mechanism that they can indoctrinate kids in. That's Representative Ron Estes of Kansas there. And you hear the Republicans and how they are putting this bill forth and what they believe it stands for. And that's parental rights, because so many of us as parents feel like those parental rights got away from us, that we don't have any say in our children's lives. And we want it back. So that's what H.R. 5 is about from the Republican standpoint. To understand what the Democrats believe and think, I know it's difficult for you, but to try to do that, we're going to go to a hearing on Capitol Hill where Representative Hageman uh, recently asked a question to someone in the Biden administration. This is Ms. Johnson and Representative Hageman, where she asked her a simple question but can't get a simple answer. Do you believe it is censorship to prohibit teachers from exposing first graders to Penthouse magazine? Do I believe it is censorship? I'm sorry, ma'am. Do I, do I believe it is censorship to... Do you believe it is censorship to prohibit teachers from exposing first graders to Penthouse magazine? I don't know of any instances in which a... That isn't my question. My question is, do you believe that it is censorship to prohibit teachers from exposing first graders to Penthouse magazine? I believe that it is important that we have parents, teachers, and educators... You are not going to answer my question, then. Is that right? I believe it is important to have parents, teachers, and educators involved in understanding what is, what is being presented to students. Do you believe that, that it is appropriate is to present Penthouse to first graders? And as great as H.R. 5 may sound to you and me to protect our children, to give parents the right to be involved in their children's lives, 
it, it makes perfect common sense, doesn't it? But yet, the Democrats come from a different direction. And let's go to AOC first. This is a legis- This is a bill. This Republican bill is asking the government to force the outing of LGBT people before they are ready. I've read through this legislation, and I don't see anything that says anything like the Democrats are saying. However, that is the narrative that they are going to create, and they are going to stick to it. Here's 26-year-old Democrat Representative Maxwell Frost. This bill is modeled after one that I know very well, uh, Florida's parental rights in the education law. Most of us know it as don't say gay. And don't say gay infringes on parents' rights, including LGBTQ plus and supportive parents. Bills like this make schools more hostile, and make no mistake, it results in hate, bigotry, and yes, sometimes death of our students in schools. The new minority leader in the House of Representatives is Hakeem Jeffries from New York. And he's going to put the blame on the MAGA Republicans. Guess what? It's Donald Trump's fault, isn't it? Extreme MAGA Republicans don't want your child to learn about the LGBTQ plus experience in America. That's not a decision that extreme MAGA Republicans here in Congress should make. The parents of America should be able to make that determination. Our kids learn enough about all of that through social media, TikTok, from each other, like we did. Do we really want curriculum in schools to include all of that? Aren't there guidance counselors, the administration? Aren't they there to help kids when they need help with these problems? Our schools are failing our children in so many ways. The reading and writing and arithmetic. Let's get back to the basics. Prove to me, public schools, prove to me that you can succeed in educating our children before you move on to indoctrinating them. Can you do that? And I think Pink Floyd said it best. I know it's kind of silly, but it is that simple. Just leave the kids alone. Let them be kids. They're only going to be a kid once. Let them enjoy that time. Don't mess it up for them. Finally, Congresswoman Erin Houchin from Indiana. She simplifies H.R. 5 in this from a hearing on Capitol Hill. And I just want to reiterate, the the Parents' Bill of Rights contains five basic principles. The right that parents have the right to know what their children are being taught. That parents have a right to be heard that parents have a right to see the school budget, that parents have the right to protect their children's privacy, that parents have a right to keep their children safe. Today was a win for every mother, every father, but most importantly, for every student in America. You have a parent's bill of rights now. But unfortunately, the Democrats are too extreme to believe that parents should have a say in their kids' education. And there you have House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy taking the victory lap right outside where the vote took place. The audio is always so bad in that hallway. But you could hear what he said. Congratulations, parents. You have the bill. You have the parental rights. But guess what? He went on to say that the Democrats will probably block this. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the Senate. Should it ever get past the Senate, Joe Biden will also veto it. So this is not going anywhere. And I'm reminded about what Thomas Massey said back in January, that there were going to be some bills that were going to be put forth by the Republicans that would actually pass or they had a chance of passing. And there were others that were just messaging. Is this a messaging bill for 24? 
Or was this a bill that they actually believe that they could pass through the Senate and through Joe Biden? You can hear from the Democrats that probably is not going to happen. So this bill will be dead on arrival at the Senate or at President Biden's desk. There was something else I mentioned at the beginning of this hour, and I think once once again, uh, it, it, there were five Republicans that did not vote for this bill. And you have to ask yourself, why is that? We're trying to protect our children. How could you go against such a bill? Let me mention a couple of names. One of those names is Andy Biggs. Another name is Matt Gates. Yeah, Matt Gates and Andy Biggs voted against H.R. 5. So you have to ask yourself, why is that? And you know, I went a step further and I asked Matt Gates and I sent him a message and I asked him, what plausible reason do, do you have that you would not vote for H.R. 5? And he responded back to me. I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He said that we do not need a Department of Education. He would like to see it abolished, done away with, done away with the federal government involved with our children's lives and involved with our education of our children. So that's the reason why he would. And I asked him and responded back to him. And I asked him, "Is this? A, do you see this only as a Tenth Amendment argument then? And he said, exactly. And he gave me permission to use that conversation with you guys. So what is that Tenth Amendment argument? And it's something that I see all the time. Do we have a republic or is this a democracy? People want to argue and fight over those words. But in a republic, states have the rights. The laws are made at the local level. Laws are made in the states, not at the federal government level. Do we want the federal government reaching into the states to tell us what to do in our laws where we live? That's Matt Gates and Andy Biggs. That's what they are saying. And let's look at the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court. That's the Roe v. Wade going back to the states. We celebrated that because it wasn't a, a vote about uh, women's right for health care, or whether it was killing a baby. It came down to a Tenth Amendment argument. Do states still have the right? Are we still a republic? Are the laws made in where we live? And we're seeing a lot of court cases where that is the case. They are giving it back to the state. So I want you to understand that the argument that Matt Gates and Andy Biggs made was that the states don't have the rights that the federal government doesn't have the right to get into the state's business. We need less federal government, less big, fat, bloated federal government, and more laws in the states. And and there are several things, like election laws. Let's look at H.R. 1 that Nancy Pelosi tried to pass in the last Congress. She wanted to put through where federal the federal government gets involved in our elections. And we we raised hell about it. Honestly, we did. You cannot have a part in local elections. It is up to the states to do that. So that's the same argument here. And I'm not saying whether I agree or disagree with that, but I am putting forth what Matt Gates said and Andy Biggs has said the same thing on social media. We're going to get into that discussion in just a few minutes. We're going to get into the pulse of the people. I want to hear what you have to say about what's going on. Let's go! That is the sound of what happened at Covenant School in Nashville. And again, what a fantastic job the police did. Uh, Really, 14 minutes from the time they got a call until the suspect was dead and the problem was over. But the problem left three young, dead children and three 60, 61-year-olds. 
six people paid with their life. We can do better than this as a society. And what happens as soon as this happens? Every time it becomes political, it becomes a gun grab from the left. Every time it happens. On the right, we dig our heels in on the Second Amendment. But is there anything that we can do right now to save lives between now and when those issues are straightened out? I believe that there are. And I want to hear from you. What, what are your ideas? How can we harden schools? Let's look at the state of Florida. Let's look at a bill that they passed when uh, Rick Scott, who is now a senator, when he was the governor. This happened after the Parkland shooting down in Miami. And what happened was a bipartisan effort, a real bipartisan effort, where both sides came together and they put forth some ideas and some solutions, and that bill passed. And it has become the way of life here in Florida. And some things that they included in that bill, and I think should be up for discussion and maybe modeled all over the country, they made it where school teachers could carry weapons to protect the children. Not all of them, but every school teacher that has 132 hours of police training may carry inside the school. No one knows who those teachers are. Another thing they did is every school must have a school resource officer that is carrying a weapon. Every school in the state of Florida has one of those, and it's making a difference. But one of the things that I think is lost in in that bill that passed was the threat assessment teams and how important that is, because that puts together guidance, psychological, the administration, the sheriff's office or local police, and it allows them to share information about a child or a student that may be at risk. Those are ideas that maybe everybody in the country could get behind that could stop some of this death. And again, what a great job by the police in Nashville, Tennessee, on what was just a terrible, terrible thing that happened in Covenant. And yeah, you get you get the transgender thing, the trans the trans terrorism thing has come into it now. And it's something worth looking at, no doubt. But we have to protect our children. We have to protect what's most important to us. We have to protect our resource, don't we, for the future of this country. Three precious little kids lost their lives, and I believe three adults, I believe. And um, and the shooter, of course, lost their life, too. So it's, it's a horrible, horrible situation. And we're not going to fix it. Criminals are going to be criminals. And my daddy fought in the Second World War, fought in the Pacific, fought the Japanese. And he told me, he said, buddy, he said, if somebody wants to take you out and doesn't mind losing their life, there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do about it. That's Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee. Is that where we are? I know everyone is frustrated. I'm frustrated. But do we quit? Do we just take that attitude or do we do something about it? You know, experts say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. And they'll soon have over two-thirds of the globe's total corn reserves, over half of its rice and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. Guess what? One China expert says they, of course, will never admit to something like that. And what does China know that we don't know? When it comes to global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. You see, China is the world's number one food importer. They rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. So they really can't afford to mess up or there'd be riots, civil panic, or even worse when over a billion people can't eat. What does this mean for you and me, for Americans like us? Two words, food shortages. 
That's why it's smart to have a stock up and a kit of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food kits, hand-packed in the USA. The kits are compact and stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, and their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and the taste. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots survival food by typing in the code OUTLOUD at checkout. Just go to fourpatriots.com, use the code out loud to get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots survival food. That's fourpatriots.com, use the code out loud. We'll have more of our lives and politics coming up in just a minute, and we're going to let the people talk. Let's see about their frustration. Let's see their ideas. Let's see what we can come up with together here on the America Out Loud Network. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's COFIXRX.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at CofixRX.com. Worried about spike protein? Dr. Peter McCullough and the Wellness Company may have a solution. Get the incredible American-made GMO-free spike formula from the Wellness Company. Go to TWC.health and use promo code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. 
We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. And welcome back to Our Lives in Politics here on the America Out Loud Radio Network. I'm Booker Scott, your host for this hour, which is brought to you by Four Patriots. And I mentioned that we're going to get to the pulse of the people. We want to find out what you are thinking. How are you feeling? And to do that, we are going to go into a Twitter space. If you're listening on America Out Loud, you may not know what this is, but it's an area of Twitter. It's a feature that they have where a bunch of like-minded people, or you don't have to be like-minded, but you come together in this place and you can share ideas. Or you can just talk and, and get to be friends and things like that. It's a really interesting idea, these Twitter spaces. Great information can be had in there. That's where we're going right now to check out how you are feeling. We're going to start out with a uh, Cuban person, a guy that came from Cuba. His name is Joaquin. Joaquin, welcome to Our Lives in Politics. Good afternoon, Boger. Um, hi, everyone. I'm actually born, um, I was born and raised in Cuba. I came over when I was 24 years old. And uh, sad, sadly, I see the same things for which I was... I left my country. I see the same things, uh, the same trends on, on our society today's day. I see the government um, spending the money on the wrong places. I see um, the education uh, is is getting the um, backstage. I see our most uh, precious resource, which is our kids, our future. They haven't been taken care of the way that they're supposed to be taken care of. And um, if we continue going down this path, um, it's going to be the same thing over, over and over and over. This is part of a, a bigger agenda. It's not about uh, me or, or somebody else. It's about we, as a country, we, the people. We need to pull together and we need to come out of this thing. We need to show the government there that we have to protect our kids. It doesn't matter what part of America our kids live on. We all got to protect our kids. We have to put the money in to protect our kids. And if somebody's against that, well, he's going down the wrong path. The politicians in Washington, they seem not to see what's really happening. And a lot of them, they just follow that agenda. Um, Marxism, communism, is, is part of that agenda, and we need to break free of that. Uh, we need to create uh, that critical thinking. We need to teach our kids the right way to prepare for the future. That's our most precious commodity, our kids. Nothing else, no gold, no money, no weapons, no nothing. Our kids, they are the ones that are going to bring the American dream to the world. They're going to keep it alive. So you still have some hope that that we can turn this thing around, Joaquin? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, we have a, a wake-up call during the COVID. 
and a lot of people saw what was going on. It's sad me. It's, it's really sadly to see parents being uh, uh, called uh, terrorists because they want to be involved in their kids' education. No government should do that. And I came from a communist regime, a dictatorship, which right now, right now, they still try to push that agenda through that country. Right now, they it's a mess. It's a mess. And, and we don't want to end it up like that. Right now, the kids going to school and it looks more like a prison than a school. Right now, we're beefing, we're trying to get the resources to the school, but then they're not there. And then we 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 send the resources somewhere else. So the politicians, yeah, they have to, to do a better job. And I believe it's not a, a, a single uh, American on this country that doesn't want that to happen, a betterment for the kids, a better future for us. So... Thank you. I don't know. Thank you, Joaquin. I appreciate it. A lot of countries, a lot of countries, they're trying to 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 fulfill that dream. While we while we have to fall behind. Thanks, Booker. I appreciate it, my friend. Yes, sir, Joaquin. Appreciate your words and uh, your opinions. Always welcome here. And for those of you listening on America Out Loud Radio Network, you are now listening to a Twitter space. And it's a way that information can be shared, knowledge can be gained, and I'm glad you are listening and partaking in this space right now on Twitter. Let's go to Ed. Ed, the floor is yours. Hey, hey Booker. Uh, great show. Long-time listener. Um, yeah, you know, I think I look at the media and how they cover these stories and how and just the, the narratives that they cover. You know, and if you look at this past incident, um, the fact that the, the, the person that um, – you know, went into this school, passed over a hardened school. And I think that's something the media really needs to point out because why aren't parents in outrage that the, the schools are not hardened? I mean, right there, it tells you, I mean, it's a perfect example of having some type of barred out front or some type of deterrent is, is really the first line. And, 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 you know, a lot of people have ADT on the outside of their house or some type of dog sign. I mean, it's no different than passing over, you know, a house that has some type of defense and it's shown and it works whether you have someone there or not, at least, you know, that's so real life solutions need to be brought to the table, you know, and parents need to be involved in this, you know, and, and the media needs to cover this accurately. I mean, if you look, they're all focused on the gun. They're not looking at the mental health side of this too. This woman obviously had some mental issues going on and, it needs that needs to be brought to you know we're not looking to solve the problems we're just pointing out narratives to get rid of guns and that's you know that's the downside of this is that we're never going to get to the you know to the the actual root cause and and to get some solutions out there because I'll tell you the biggest deterrent is is having something on the outside of the building showing that they're not there 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 are even if you put a big sign that all of our teachers are armed that alone and you only have to arm your teachers you just put a big sign that you know. We have a new, we just passed a new law in our school that every single teacher is carrying a weapon. Come on in. Right there to me, I would not go near that school, okay? And you don't really have to put a gun in anyone's hands. You just put a big sign up that says, we're going to shoot you if you come in here, period. So, yeah, anyway, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but, you know, again, they don't want to solve the problem. They want control. Uh, they want to mark us all as terrorists. And, and, and I believe with Joaquin that it is a broader agenda about control. 
And Ed, you brought up a mental health, and I know the Heritage Foundation did a study in 2018, and there was a common trait among all school shooters, and there were three of them. There was mental health, there was financial problems, and there was a broken home. Those were the three things, and as this one unfolded in Nashville, it brought on something completely different because it was a female at first was reported, and as we learn, it is actually a trans person. So um, it'll be interesting to see how she falls into that. I understand she was living at her parents' house, so maybe there was some financial hardship, and obviously the mental health has already been discussed from the Nashville police. So um, maybe – maybe yeah, well, one, other, one other one to throw in there is SSRIs. I mean, if you look at Buffalo, there was a big report that came out about SSRIs and tying it to mental health and to, to some of these shootings. And also, you know, FBI's involvement in some of these, you know, with activation, you know, through video games or through chat rooms, these folks on SSRIs. So that's another component. Uh, like I said, it came out with this long report that these SSRIs do not work. They're not effective. Um, and they're usually a common thread with, with these, these shooting incidents. So just throw that out there. Thank you, Ed. And let's go to American Bob from Georgia in America. Oh, I tell you what, every person in this room, I would not have met if it wasn't for spaces. I've never been able to talk to them. And we get together quite often and we talk about things that are happening in our communities, locally, but we talk about it and it's kind of like a Zoom call on Twitter. But when, when you go to Nashville and all the things that went on there, that the head of the school actually confronted the gunman before the gunman got inside. And just imagine if that head of school had been trained with a weapon, it might have been totally different than what happened. And I do know there are certain schools around. I don't know if they advertise it, but there are teachers within their ranks who are given ammunition and given training, and then they go to the range and practice and they're armed in school. And now, whether they advertise that or not, I don't know. But that would have made that situation so much different if the head of the school had simply been armed and been trained to defend herself. Um, this particular situation, I mean, we've been seeing this coming through our Twitter spaces and all the things that have been talked about that are going on with our kids in the school and they're slowly changing as if you know they took god out of the schools that was the start of it but they're changing the complexion of an education and reading writing and arithmetic are hardly touched but they do focus on the isms the activism the transism the uh, racism, that's what they focus on. And those kids, they don't know one way or the other. They just know people when they grow up. And if we get away from the isms, these kids would figure it out on their own. We don't need to help them. Our schools, get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. Our schools are creating a lot of problems, aren't they? Um, let's go ahead and move on to GNN. Hi, actually, it's G and NYC and fed up with media was before me. So I'd like to let them go first. They had their hand up first. Go ahead, fed up. 
Yeah, I've been, you know, watching a lot of stuff about this, you know, the goings on and people's responses to it. And, you know, I totally agree with the, you know, we have to have an armed response there because, I mean, the, you know, like even this one, you know, is what from start to finish, like 14 minutes, which is amazing response time. And, you know, once the cops got there, they went in and, you know, from the body camera footage, like three minutes. But I mean, how many people can be killed in that amount of time? Where if you have, whether it be armed security, whether you have, you know, trained, armed, uh, you know, teachers, you know, because we have teachers that are ex-military. You know, I had, uh, my son went to a school where his vice principal was a former, uh, former Marine combat, <laughs> you know, had, had served in combat, all of that was well-trained and was also military police <laughs> and was not allowed to carry on campus. I mean, that's just insane. But the other thing, you know, I keep hearing all these debates and I keep hearing, you know, I was watching uh, the video that came out where Massey confronted that guy and, you know, we're, and it's great. We're bringing up all these ideas, but the thing is they want to talk about the death of kids and we keep letting them have the high ground. And that's the, I think the wrong way to do it is go right back at the death cult because it's like i'm sorry one of these these democrats these liberals say to me it's like well you guys are cowards you aren't doing anything about the guns these six kids are killed it's like wait a minute you don't get even you don't get to talk about the death of children because you back abortion has killed tens of millions of children so you don't get to talk about protecting children and all these guns, you all want the open border that is causing way more children to be killed and raped at the border. Is allowing the guns and the fentanyl in that's killing our children. So don't let them have the debate. Go right back at them. Call them out on their death call. Don't give them the right to speak about it. Get indignant. Get mad. Because it really pisses me off. Every time I see a Democrat sit here and talk about, and yes, it is sad, it is a horrible tragedy, and you always start out with that. But the fact that they would sit here and talk about the death of six people, three children, when they back abortion and open borders is disgusting, it's vile, and it's evil. And they need called out on it time and time and time again. Don't let them have that high ground. Thank you. Thank you for stepping in and speaking. And, you know, one thing I mentioned in the first half of this hour was the Florida law that is now part of Florida. And that allows teachers to be armed and carry in school. They have to have 132 hours of police training, and no one knows what teachers are carrying inside that school. And also another part of that law, which was a bipartisan law passed under Governor Rick Scott, that law made it where every school in the state has an armed SRO officer. And so those are a couple of things they did. And then also the threat assessment team, which I think is really important because it that law allows those agencies to share information across agency lines, which is not done in most states. And because of that, I think that law is great and working. Anyway, those are some ideas. Uh, maybe we'll see how you guys feel about that. Uh, GN New York City, <laughs> yeah, the floor is yours. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, first, I would like to say um, the idiot that Massey was going back and forth with hails from my city, and he should worry about the uh, gun violence that happens in his own district. So we're fed up, said you need to go back at them and be indignant. 
Unfortunately, I don't think Mr. Massey has it in him, but you do have to go back at them and be indignant because everything he said was spot on. You cannot hold the higher, you know, ground when you push for abortion up until birth. Um, But that, that being, you know, aside, I'm not too sure what's in this um, new bill. I need to actually look into it. Um, I'm a little perplexed on why Matt Gates would be against it. If I got that correctly while I was driving, I was listening. Um, also, there's a whole lot of like different information out there. I could tell you this because I heard it with my own two ears the other day. Um, I heard two different versions of what was put out about this um, female who shot up the school in Nashville. First, it was said that she had two targets and chose the lesser target because it had less security. Then uh, I think it was the Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I happened to be flipping through the channels or I just got off Netflix, one of them too. And I saw, I saw a Fox news reporter on their cable station, not my local interviewing the police chief. And he then walked back what he previously said about, that narrative, which it was that she had two targets and she chose the softer spot. So I'm going to go at you like this. And it's just my opinion. I don't trust anything in anyone. I don't wear a tinfoil hat. I'm just very observant with all the monitoring we're under in this country, how they can't see or keep an eye on or track the unhinged online just behooves me. Uh, I don't know. And, and here we're looking to have more of it with this TikTok bill. So, and believe me, I am not, no fan of TikTok. But there are things and measures that can be taken before we even get to this um, juncture to whereas, you know, someone ends up going unhinged, buying a bunch of ammunition and, and uh, weaponry and going to do something either at our school or at a local grocery store, wherever, wherever it is. But in the long run, we need to protect our kids. I just don't think having certain rules that infringe on our constitutional rights is the right road only because it's a slippery slope. And our constitution is there for a reason. So you have to just be mindful of everything you're hearing put out in the news. Um, you got to be mindful of what they're saying. Think to yourself, why is this the narrative now when it was before? You know, it's just, it's, they, they say it out loud. They want to control your kids. There, it hadn't, like you said, hadn't it been for COVID, we wouldn't know what our children were being taught. So now that it is, they have now diverted to call us domestic terrorists if we speak out about it. But meanwhile, this is what your children are learning. Representative Jayapal, I think it was, and I I think I retreated it because she said it out loud. They want control on the Senate floor, mind you, of your kids. The state has no rights over parents, period, 
full stop. So as they took over some, you know, state house or whatever it was, somewhere in Nashville or Kentucky or wherever it was, and in New York, they're, they're, they're taking over places, fighting for, you know, lower rent or whatever. You got to go in there peacefully. Sing, be loud, be, you know, bring, you know, megaphones or whatever. But you have to stay diligent. You have to be indignant. And you have to stand up for your kids. Because unless we all collectively do so, we are going to lose our children. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you, G. And I think we can all agree to that. The question is, it becomes what are we going to do and why are we not doing it? We can sit around and talk and continue to talk. And we probably all agree that absolutely our children are important. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, the various states. I know here in Texas, you know, if, if you're in Austin or North Texas, some of these independent school districts, they 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 have an agenda. And, you know, I know when I was in school, PTA was very, very big, you know, speaking to your teachers, being involved. A lot of parents are in, you know, single single mother homes, you know, where, you know, the mother is working two jobs and having to take her kids to school and very involved, but not very informed. So there should be absolute transparency in what the school agenda is. These teachers and some of these rogue teachers, uh, we need to know what they're teaching our children. Thank you, Storm. If I can interject, if I can interject just one more time, I'm so sorry. I posted something. Feel free to go to my um, page and scroll down. You'll see it. I posted it just today. In regards to... Um, what social media does to our children, especially our young daughters. But here's the thing, and I'm going to speak to you as a parent of three kids who are now 27, 25, and 19. I am a helicopter parent. You want to know why? Because that is our duty. Just like the country is, you know, the federal purpose is to keep its citizens safe, our first job, first and foremost, is to love and protect our family, especially our children. If you are giving your child a device, I don't care if it's a cell phone, a computer, a tablet, iPad, whatever you want to call it. If you are not paying attention, you could take away all the social media apps. If you are not watching where your child goes on the Internet, you're doing a disservice to yourself and that child. Because even without social media, there are influencers out there on other means that can influence your child's mind. So please, parents, you know, they didn't ask to be here. We brought them in this world. Let's make sure we take care of them and know what our children are doing. And we have time for a couple of more. What you're listening to is the pulse of the people on the America Out Loud radio network, a part of our lives and politics. Uh, let's go to Jambalaya. And I have to say that you're probably from Louisiana. Welcome. And you have the floor. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, no, I actually just live in Louisiana. I'm from Los Angeles, believe it or not. Um, so I have a really interesting take on education and whatnot. And uh, grew up in a bad neighborhood. I am an American who happens to be black and um, got bussed out to Pacific Palisades, got a great education. So even though I didn't finish school, 
Um, my education in Louisiana reads like a college degree, um, and that's unfortunate. But um, I just kind of want to maybe piggyback on what Fed Up and G New York said um, in a kind of roundabout way. I think, unfortunately, because of the demoralization, which if anybody's familiar with the ex-KGB agent uh, Yuri Bezmenov talked about, um, that's why it's kind of like happening the way it's happening, where there's so many things on so many fronts, but they're all kind of correlated. Um, it's very difficult to tack, tackle one issue when there are so many issues that are connected. And at the core of that, um, the demoralization of society, and also I would add the social engineering is what adds to a lot of the confusion. So for instance, um, in my community, which I hate to use that term, but I will, um, I find I cannot talk to any of my family members or any other people who look like me because it is assumed I'm a Democrat because I'm black. But most of my friends are white and it's because their ideology and their values are in sync with mine. So it's a very interesting thing to live in a state that's called a red state that really functions as a blue state and most of my honest, great conversations are with people who look nothing like me. Um, I'm going to say this. I think that tribes are going to be built out of these types of situations exactly like what I'm um, talking about. And that is people who don't look like you, maybe at one time didn't think like you, you're going to find yourself having to work with them, um, whether it's because they're 2A, pro-family, anti-abortion, all these things that actually separated a lot of us at one time. Um, are actually going to bring us together. And those tribes are going to have to be vetted and trusted. So when we are talking about protecting our children, it's not assumed we all agree. We'll know we agree. And even if there are some small, tiny um, uh, external things that we don't see eye to eye on, like I homeschool my kids for the very reasons you guys are all talking about this. Um, and I was kind of scorned and mocked for doing so. This is all prior to COVID. I've been homeschooling for 10 years. I have a 21-year-old in college for drafting. I have a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old, and the last two never even saw the doorstep of the school. They're all musically inclined. They all play instruments. They're awesome kids. Um, and I'm like G in New York. I'm protecting them as a helicopter parent from society at large, who unfortunately, as we saw with COVID, are easily beguiled and deceived. Um, I have many beliefs as to why that is, but I think we all need to maybe start working on a grassroots level. You find out really quickly who your neighbors and your friends and your family members are based on values. And I think if we start connecting with those, like start a co-op or sit in on a homeschool or, you know, get get the kids to work with you to maybe like, you know, um, have political discussions. My kids have political discussions with my husband and I. We sit and talk about all kinds of things and they're very awake, not woke, awake and very aware. And that's why we've been having this conversation. What can we change right now? so that we don't have these conversations again. I'm going to go to one more. Let's go to Mike, and then we'll end this half hour. Hey, Booker. Um, one thing I've been thinking about in all of this stuff is parents, schools, communities, law enforcement are facing something they've never had to face before with this, this movement, this trans movement, the violence that they are precipitating, storming the capitals of Kentucky and Tennessee, uh, for passing legislation, basically banning transgender surgeries for uh, youths, ch children. I mean, how do you combat this stuff? It's a PR war. They've never had to deal with this kind of uh, adversarial adversary before. And conservatives, by and large, um, 
are scared because, you know, you got the FBI and DOJ, a weaponized government, and your leaders, your elected leaders in these state legislatures know how the media is going to portray anything they try to do. They're trying to paint this stuff as normal. It's a mental illness. And I think everybody's on their heels not knowing what to do. I think that's the biggest challenge. Um, how do you fight it? How do you combat this without it getting violent? Because these people are insane. You're not dealing with rational people um, at all. It's their way or the highway. They're coming right down your throat with it. And they're getting free passes from law enforcement uh, to a degree from the legal system it's just insane if it was on the other side if this was conservatives you know how it would be handled liberalism has run amok and it's destroying our society and conservatism has waited way too long to stand up and fight against it and now they're behind the eight ball on it so i don't i don't know what the answer is legislation yeah how's it going to get enforced elections have consequences Thank you, Mike, and thank you, everyone, for being a part of the Pulse of the People. Hopefully, over this last hour, you've learned some information. You've got some information that you can carry forward and spread the truth. That's always my hope, and it's also the hope of AmericaOutloud.com. With great shows by Peter McCullough, Tony Schaefer, uh, Dr. Paul Alexander Elias. All those people are here on AmericaOutloud.com. This hour has been brought to you by 4Patriots.com. And remember, salt without flavor, it has no value, and it's just tossed on the ground to be stepped on. You are the salt of the earth, so be salty. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network.